This episode is brought to you by Jiminy's, makers of sustainable dog food made with cricket protein. Cricket protein is a superfood, delicious, nutritious, sustainable, humane, and prebiotic. To learn more and save 15% off your first purchase, go to Jiminy's.com slash TMS and use the code TMS15 at checkout. Coming up on TMS, bad things come in threes. The gay penguin agenda. K-cup should be for bras, not coffee. I have become death, revealer of genders. Like comic sands through the hourglass. Well, one man's space art is another man's space porn. There's always cats at the frozen banana stand. Guns and roses, now with double slash. Green with envy over a green machine. I want to proceed with a really stupid story. Don't buy that overcoat, undercoat. <laughs> <laughs> Electric Whipman 2. How Oppenheimer learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Mosque nuts. Therapy Thursday and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Let's watch Dennis Ralston demonstrate a proper backhand. Study his positioning, even his intensity. Now we speed it up slightly. See the way Mr. Ralston has that body rhythm and readiness? Now we have almost normal speed yet are still slow enough to study his every move. Tonight, I want to thank Dave. The Morning Stream, now gluten-free. Hey, hello everybody. Welcome back to TMS. It is the morning stream for October 29th, 2020. I'm Scott Johnson. There be Brian Ibbett. Yar is true. Yar. I can see him with me one eye. Yar. <laughs> uh, good morning. Uh, how was your day? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been up for hours, which is uh, more than I can say for, for you. No, I had a good night's sleep for once. Yeah, we awesome. talked about a pre-show, but it felt good to actually not wake up constantly or just you know have a really hard time falling asleep i did go to bed a little late but part of that was me dreading the you know i get to this point where i dread the night it's like oh oh really yeah i'm not gonna sleep or they just that dreading that feeling of like like i almost i think i'm compounding the fact that i didn't sleep the night before by worrying that i will not sleep tonight either you know what i mean like i'm just laying mm-hmm. yeah. layers upon layers of of uh paranoia about my sleep and uh for whatever reason, last night uh, the the planets aligned in such a way that I actually freaking slept, and it was great. So uh, almost didn't make the show because my alarm wasn't set. Uh, anyway, it feels I'm good envious. To be here. I'm envious. Yeah, but I did get caught up on uh, on uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. Oh, good. That's a great movie. Holds up. Uh, it really does. I love it. It's my favorite still. I think. I think of all the stuff. I mean, I love. The, the final two, you know, combo Infinity War. Infinity if War that was, game. Yeah. if that's one movie, that's my favorite. You got You got to treat it as one movie. You do. I think it's a big yeah. four-hour epic. And if you look yeah. at it that way, that's probably my favorite thing they ever did. Mm-hmm. If I look at everything as individual films, though, Winter Soldier still has my love. Does it? Yeah, it's up there for me. I think. Uh, I think Civil War um, might top it. Just. Because of Spider-Man, because of Ant-Man, because they did so much in in one movie and still not let not make it feel like 
Eh, here's a here's a quick cameo from Falcon. Hey everybody, I'm Falcon. All right, here's a quick cameo from Winter Soldier. Hey everybody, I'm Winter Soldier. You know, it's like <laughs> they do they do a great job of giving they they, they jam it chock full of characters and yeah. they don't none of them feel hastily thrown in. I agree with that. Uh, people in the chat are going Thor Ragnarok. I agree, it's an amazing movie. Oh yeah, it's Thor right Ragnarok up there. I don't so like good. picking favorites at all. They're all just incrementally, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. whatever. And there's some that are. You know, so the, everyone always says Dark World's the worst or freaking what's the other one? Uh, oh, uh, well, Iron Man 3 and Dark World Thor oh, Dark yeah. World get uh, for me. It's Iron Man 2. I like three better than two. I hate it. Too. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I like two. I like uh, I, 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 <laughs> tell me, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but Sam Rockwell elevates uh, Iron Man 2 to something that it that it makes would not better. be without him. Yeah, he makes things better. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll admit that's true. That's like a bad hamburger with a decent pickle I on it. I just don't like kids thrown in to be the cute kid thrown in for, you know, cute reasons, you know, yeah. <laughs> the kid in, in Iron Man 3. <laughs> that's and, true. Uh, I forgot. I forget about that bit. All I remember of Iron Man 3 was a really great sequence with all the suits fighting. Sure. At the very end. Yeah. And Guy Pierce is an okay villain. Yeah. But then we also um, the, had that you'll never extremis. see me coming. Like that stuff was yes. weird. Yes, and then that and the uh well, I have mixed emotions on Mandarin. Mm. As a comic fan, you don't introduce a villain just to say, Dah, he's not the real villain, he's yeah. a guy playing the villain. Yeah. But also but no, that's that a that's two, a troublesome it? villain. Wasn't right? two with the well, it was, was it Mandarin in two? No. No, two, three? two was the uh, electric whip man. Uh, uh, whiplash. Uh, whiplash. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess Whiplash was your big bad and and um, uh, Obadiah Stane, not Obadiah Stane, um, uh, whatever Sam Rockwell's character's name yeah. was, is, the, is your secondary. Yeah, because you always have the two, you always end up with two in these things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. too many. There's always two. Yeah. A, a master and a student. <laughs> master and student. <laughs> Sometimes three, and that's where you really go wrong. Don't do three villains. Do nope. two. Spider-Man three. Pay attention. Yep. No, you don't need three villains, three big bads in your in your film. No. You could have gone with Sandman. Actually, you could have gone Sandman alone. He was pretty good. Yeah. But do Sandman. It's that they tried then... to do Venom, Sandman, and have Green Goblin be a, uh, a villain for... 90% of the, the movie. Oh, yeah. And, Goblin uh, Jr., dude. Goblin Freaking, Jr. I didn't like any of that. Oh, oh hi, Peter. Un- I did not hit him. I did not. <laughs> what an unfortunate film, Spider-Man 3. Yes. yes. Uh, Sorry, anyway, anyway. I have a fun list for you today. I want to see oh, how many things you can guess here. It's not really a contest, but I thought it'd be fun I, to see I if you I would have guess. clicked that had I not seen. Let's, how, let's see how many Brian can guess. Oh, good. I'm glad I put the right note on here. God, I hope you're going to give me more than... Then just guess based on this title. I hope uh, <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you some additional information. Please do. Thank you. The I have a list of ten inventors. Okay, actual inventors or people known for the creation slash invention of a certain thing that are notable. They're pretty notable. Who have all come to regret their creations. That's what sets them apart. Ten people sure. who wish they wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if you can guess any of these. There's one on here that's like a major one. That's really? a historically okay. major one, yeah. But but there are others that are just sort of, Oh, well, like probably Oppenheimer, right? Number like, one, uh, Oppenheimer. Well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, well done. He invented the atomic bomb or was in, uh, part of the team who did, but is credited mm-hmm. as being like the chief brain behind all that. He says... Totally. Uh, despite the past associations with uh, uh, extreme organizations, Oppenheimer welcomed the opportunity to play a part in the war effort. Later, however, he had mixed feelings about the bomb. 
Quote, I have no remorse about the making of the bomb. Uh, as for how we used it, I understand why it happened and appreciate what the nobility of those men, uh, or those, the nobility of those men with whom I'd worked made their decision, but I do not have the feeling that it was done right. The ultimatum to Japan, uh, was full of pious platitudes. Our government should have acted with more foresight and clarity in telling the world and Japan what the bomb meant before we used it. Hmm. He regretted they set it. set us up the bomb. Yes. He said, I, he didn't say this as had I known the Germans would not succeed in producing their atomic bomb, I wouldn't have not lifted a finger. Meaning, oh, wow. If he'd have known they were, they were just failing after failure after failure and weren't even close. He wouldn't have bothered. Yeah. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't uh, have done it. Yeah. We'd have gotten there, though. It just wouldn't have been him. Unfortunately, <laughs> man finds a way. Uh, <laughs> all right. You've got another guess. Any other guesses? Uh, oh, I know the woman who invented gender reveal parties really regrets inventing gender reveal parties. Ah, sadly, she's not on this. It must she's be. Not, but these I mean, are all she, physical she really objects. Hates, she really hates what uh, what they've turned into. And like, especially when, you know, there's wildfires that were started by um, gender reveal party explosions gone wrong. Oh, for like sure. That. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, I would regret um, it too. I think she's right to regret it. But yes. Anyway. Yeah. Any others you can think oh, of? Tally Zorrell says, Brian, you're Coverville. You're welcome. I didn't, uh, did not see your, your message. Uh, no, that was, that's from a great podcast, by the way. The name of which escapes me. <laughs> what, what is it? What are they? What, what? Um, let's see here. I'm going to, I'm going to look it up because it's, a, it's a really, really good. Sh- it's a good show. Um, well, maybe I won't because I got it. I got you know. I picked up one of the new iPhones, Scott. Well, and, you did, um, did you now? Did I did. Arri- and, did it arrive? Uh, did you get it? I'm discovering. Yeah, I got it on Friday, and I'm discovering that. Oh, I need to log into just about everything again, and I don't have time for all that. Oh yeah, because it's all. I mean, it's fresh. Yeah. Yes. I feel you. Um, and I don't see the name of the show that I was. Oh, well, I'm, get, I'm yeah, getting. I'll the find max. it. And, I'm getting the max this year. Day. I'm getting the fatty What's, for the first time. Are you going going max? Mm-hmm. Then those pre-orders aren't till what the fourth or something. Yeah, of November. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm going to do it. Um, I'm, I've. Are I'm, you really? I I was tempted to go big again, but I'm I'm just fine with the uh, I'm just fine with the the size of I had the uh, the uh, 10R and now I'm going now I went with the 12 Pro. Yeah, because I wanted the better. I wanted the good camera. Yeah. And um, that's a good device. I mean, there's nothing. The thing is, that size is still is still bigger than what we used to call the big phone. <laughs> it totally is. Yes, exactly. So, all right. Yeah. Okay. I'm just getting the anyway. Big uh, the inventor of the Chia Pet probably hates the fact that he invented the the Chia oh, Pet. Oh man, <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> no. So maybe I don't know what. Uh, can you give me a name and I'll see if I can guess what their invention was that they regretted? Oh, that's a good one. I like, no, okay, I like that. Try I like that. Here you go. How about I'm this? sure Ben Franklin regretted something. He he had like a thousand patents that he. Yeah. Plus invented. he had a lot of dirty, dirty French sex. It was gnarly. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with dirty French sex. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I picture Patrick. It's my favorite kind of pastry and my favorite kind of sex. There you go. Uh, all right. I'll give you this one. This guy's name is Vincent Conier. Vincent Conier. He invented the Conier hairdryer. Mm, incorrect. That would uh. be incorrect. I guess that's pronounced Conair. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, this may not be as easy, but this is going to be one you're going to agree with because you 
okay. you know, with your graphic design roots and everything, you're going to go, oh, yeah, of course, this is a terrible invention, and he should be sad that he made it. Invent. Oh, oh, I have another. Yeah, okay, I have a guess once we're done here. All right. This one is Comic <laughs> Sans. Comic, Comic Sans. Sans, yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm with you, man. Yeah. Invented uh, Comic Sans, yes. He says, if you love the font I made, you don't know much about typography, he said. <laughs> Uh, it says if you hate it, you really don't know how much typography, don't much about typography either, and you should get another hobby. Uh, his view, and one shared by lots of others, that the problem with the Comic Sans is not with the font itself, but its overuse and its misuse. Designed yeah. for Microsoft application, uh, aimed at children, to be used as a replacement in speech bubbles for Time, Times New Roman, Conyer never imagined it would become so widely used and derided. So I, I agree with that. It's not the mm-hmm. font isn't horrible in its itself self bad. yeah right. right it's just it's, it's overuse and misuse he's right he's totally right exactly and the other issue is the um uh the i mean it is a it is a font that is readable a by small children and b at small print sizes right right but, um but because of every because of it's just bad smell it won't uh <laughs> um so is the inventor of the qwerty keyboard on that list mm. He is not. I don't think he regrets no. it. I because it was invented to slow typists down so that they wouldn't jam the, the um, the whatever those hammers are that that would uh, hit the ribbon and print on the page. Right. It was but, like uh, a. It was a. It was a purely practical choice that had to do with the mechanics uh-huh. of the typewriter itself, and that and we just all stuck with it. He doesn't. He's not listed though. But I wonder. I mean, maybe he just never voiced his displeasure with it or whatever, mm-hmm. but maybe he didn't live well, long enough to see any kind of, you know, anything other than the typewriters where it made sense. Right. You know? Not the keys. I mean, the keys are the things that triggered those hammers that went, that hit the page. That was the thing that would get, that would get stuck. Oh, and Dan Wally says that's just a legend. Not true. Oh, is that not true? Yeah. Oh, well, hmm. hey, All we right, like well, our, uh, we like our myths. I like our ancient Chinese secrets yeah. in our, in our, <laughs> On our, uh, I swear, ancient Chinese secrets from, uh, has come up from... like five times this week, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> Pop rocks and coke. Yeah, I love that it keeps <laughs> coming up. It's great. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. Anyway, okay. Right. Yeah, give, me another, give me another invention name. I'm gonna guess their invention. This part's actually kind of fun. All right, I'll give you a hint. All right. As a coffee drinker, you might approve oh. this one. John Sylvan. What would he John regret? John Sylvan. He invented something. That maybe is a boon to coffee drinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, Starbucks. You are? He invented Starbucks. Let's see if you're correct. Incorrect. <laughs> he invented coffee capsules, the stuff you see in oh, like a okay, Keurig. Cups. Yep, yeah. K-cups, basically. Uh, they're a, a, a patented design used by many, and they all had to license it from this guy. So he invented these pouches. The machines would run to give you steaming cups of joe. Had no idea the monster he had created. His invention created uh, things like Nespresso, Tosimo, and that other one I said, uh, Keurig. Uh, yep. It says, and it made it easier from uh, ever for ever made it easier than ever for millions to grab a regular caffeine fix. He says, I feel bad sometimes that I ever did it. He said a few years ago, it's like a cigarette for coffee, a single serve delivery mechanism for an addictive substance. Hmm. Wow. See, I don't see that as a problem, but the. Um the problem with those is they're never enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like a good 14 to 16 ounce cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And if you try and do that with one K cup, you're going to get a watered down 
mud water is basically right. what you're going to get. Watered down mud water. <laughs> <laughs> Watered down mud water, I guess, is maybe a little redundant. But <laughs> yeah, but a great title. Someone will get that in there. Flavorless mud water is yeah. what you're going to get. That's true. Um, I have. I'm, look, he's on the line right now. Let's ask him. Uh, how, would you like an espresso pouch right now, sir? What? Oh, he is super fired up. He's not interested. Forget it. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Uh, okay. How about this one? I'll give you another hint. Uh, back when you worked full time, perhaps this was a <laughs> thing that you or <laughs> you work full time now. But you know what I mean. When Come you on, worked, Scott. <laughs> when you <laughs> when you worked for the man. Sorry. Oh, because I'm a podcaster, <laughs> I don't work full time. <laughs> Oh, that came out totally wrong. When you worked for the man and went to the office and did stuff like that, yes, you yes. may have seen these. Uh, There's your hint. I'll, I'm going to guess uh, one of those clocks you punch, like a little punch card clock thing that goes in. Is it punch card clocks? <laughs> Incorrect. Show me punch card clocks. It's uh, <clears throat> the office cubicle. Bob Probst. Oh, sure. These. Probst. Yeah, Probst. Not uh, not related to Jeff Probst, as far as I know. How do you know that? Yeah, I was going to say maybe he Actually, is. I don't know. It's true. He says uh, <laughs> he was working for as a consultant for Herman Miller in the 60s. Uh, Bob Probst introduced America to the new open office plan and with it, the office cubicle. Uh, it was, uh, see, in 1997, he uh, was reflecting back and told the New York Times, quote, uh, it was designed to give knowledgeable workers a more flexible, fluid environment than, a, uh, than the rat maze boxes of offices and what they've become. Companies saw the invention as a way to save money, doing away with individual offices and replacing them with open spaces with cubicles. Probes came to lament the invention, says the cubicalization of people in modern corporations is monolithic insanity. So he regrets his invention. We regret yeah. the air. Yeah, I regret it too. I kind of do too. Um, I'm trying to think if I ever worked. Uh, yeah, I guess I did at US. I worked for the phone company, US West, before they became CenturyLink and, and all that stuff out right, here. Right. And uh, uh, and I was in the uh, I was in a cubicle. I was in a cubicle with a uh, um, with a bunch of great people, though. A guy named Dave Flagel. Ah, Dave. Oh, we've heard twitchy, about Dave Flagel before twitchy mustachioed dude um when you say twitchy <laughs> describe what you mean like what do you dude, mean dude he was twitchy like he's like <laughs> so uh so and he was the boss right but he was he was kind of thrown into this boss role that he shouldn't have been in I and love uh he's like uh, so um brian can you um can you work on the uh the name plates for uh, uh bill on seventh floor uh yeah could you uh you know <laughs> And he had a mustache. All right. And he had a mustache. He was like really nervous. And he'd, he'd constantly, you know, if, if um, there was silence, he'd start whistling like the Simpsons theme. Cause that had just come out. And, um, uh, he, <laughs> he, he did all this stuff in whatever the precursor of Photoshop was. I want to say it was pixel paint or something along those lines. Pixel paint sounds right to me. Yeah. And, and basically he took, nude photos of his wife and then put her on space landscapes. Wow. And he would do that during his break on our giant, giant at the time, 17 inch monitors and uh, be working on that. And so at one point he had a, uh, a party at his house and invited 
basically all the stuff in our in our we had like five employees in this graphics department for the phone for, yeah. for us west yeah and he invited all of us over to his house to have dinner and and um i think we played games or something and uh we walk in and there's all these photos <laughs> on the wall naked photos of his wife in space landscape oh my gosh that's great his wife's name uh uh, I probably shouldn't say because I'm thinking people could probably Google him now that I've said his name. But um, what was his anyway. name? Dave. Dave. What? <laughs> <laughs> You're totally looking him up, aren't I you? Wanna, I want to see if any of this art exists as a thing oh, that God. I could put on yeah. my wall. I guess probably not. Uh, his name was uh, Dave Flagel. Flagel. And uh, I will see. say that when you search for him, I get a lot of doctors. On Google, yeah, he's not a doctor. You get a guy who's dressed up as Vivian from The Young Ones. That's not him. But uh, you go, uh, yeah, he's like the second photo that comes up. Oh, is he really? How do you spell Flegel? Yeah. Am I spelling that wrong? Uh, F-L-E-G-E-L. Oh, like Flea Flegel. And I want to say, for the record, he's a good dude. He's a really, really nice guy. And he's, uh, you know, <laughs> he just, he just, he basically kind of got dropped into a management position um, this wasn't super that, uh, prepped for wasn't or whatever. Before. Yes, yeah, exactly. I get that. That'll happen to you sometimes. Yes, exactly. So, all right, here's my favorite one. We'll give you yes. one more of these, and then I'll just rip through the rest. Okay. Uh, let's say this one is internet related. Very like to the very core oh. of internet related. Any guesses? Uh, the guy that invented. Uh, boy, there's so many things you could bitch about with internet. Yeah. Uh, the guy who invented the Nigerian uh, email scam. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Let's see if that's correct. Is that right? <laughs> no, that's incorrect. Uh, Tim Berners-Lee, the uh, oh, the Tim godfather of all things web, uh, regrets the double dash. So your HTTP colon slash slash. He oh, regrets uh -huh. that. He says... Uh, he created the World Wide Web, got a fair amount of credit uh, in the bank for that. Uh, he said, blah, 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 blah. Major regrets about the web. He says, we wouldn't find it too difficult to forgive him, but his mea culpa uh, relates to only two characters, the double slash at the beginning really? of the web address. That's what he regrets? Yep. He says, <laughs> That's he, odd. he says this, he says, really, if you think about it, it doesn't need the double slash. I could have designed it. I don't know what accent this is. I could have designed it not to have the double slash, he said, according to Business Insider. So he just, he must be annoyed every time he puts a web address into his browser. Oh, well, yeah, but who's, who types? I mean, I guess very, very occasionally I end up typing the double slash if I'm, God, when do I, when do, I do it? I have to do it sometimes for uh, Twitter because it doesn't like .tv oh. addresses and won't won't link them. Oh, yeah, and I guess um, I have to do it in Dreamweaver when I'm, editing a graphic that's um yeah uh, that's pulling a pulling a graphic from a source so i guess i do have to do that yeah. that doesn't bother me god there's so many there's so many other things tim Berners-Lee, <laughs> you should be apologizing for with the internet <laughs> over the double slash i mean you know like what else the thing is though all he did was build framework and the platform right mm -hmm. so what else could you even regret like you could regret where certain certain aspects of the internet have gone, but that's not really his fault, you know. Right. Like right. I don't know what he would, what else you'd regret. It would. It, this this makes sense to me because if you're like a programmer type or a you know or whatever, it's going to come down to something weird and codey, you know. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. not going to be like I regret that Reddit was created and people post <laughs> pornography. Like I don't think they're going to get like that. 
Right. Uh, okay, here's the rest of these. This one makes sense. Mikhail Kalishnikov. He's not oh. happy because he made the AK-47. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Which is a very popular gun. A lot of people have died from it. He does not like that. The Kalishnikov is uh, one of those <laughs> one of those guns that I uh, always tried to pick up in uh, GoldenEye 64. Yep. Uh, he says, <laughs> yeah, basically. He says, I have come back to the same question. If my rifle claimed people's lives, can it be that I, an Orthodox believer, am to blame for their deaths, even if they are... Uh, even if they are my enemies, he wrote in a letter to the head of the Russian Orthodox Church in 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't happy with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's one. Z- Ethan Zuckerman for the pop-up ad on the oh, web. Oh, really? So he's the guy who invented the pop-up ad. Oh. Yep. He wrote this yeah. little bit of code that uh, started that off, and he regrets that real bad. Here's one. How does he feel about the Brave browser? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Because I haven't seen it? one in a long time. He probably feels pretty good about pop-up blockers in general i guess i don't know yeah uh dong yong mm-hmm. do you know that name is that familiar to you? i don't know <laughs> flappy bird oh wrote, that's the guy invented flappy bird dong yeah, yong yeah he, okay. he was making 45 grand a day and yet he still regrets it <laughs> easy for him to why say. uh he basically it's says this a crazy thing <laughs> to regret you know he said uh Let's see. Downloads that soared, controversially raged. After 50 million downloads, the advertising revenue that was hitting around 45 grand a day, uh, Noyan, how do you say his name, had, uh, had had enough and announced that he was going to withdraw from the app store. His quote, I cannot take this anymore. He tweeted, apparently the publicity generated by the game had attracted the attention of the world press and he was bombarded with calls, tweets, and emails. The removal of the game from the app stores did little to quell the publicity. Uh, he received death threats while, fo- uh, while phones and... Uh, with the game already installed, sold on eBay for small fortunes, the App Store was flooded with copycat titles. He just hated the attention. I'm sure he enjoyed that money for the brief time, and he's got it all. I'm sure good he now. did. Yeah, probably retire huh. on his Flappy Bird money, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know we we have just the right amount of attention on us, which is nice. <clears throat> uh, if we had. A lot more. We'd probably hate it if we had paparazzi. I don't. I don't know if Don Young had paparazzi waiting outside. Oh, where's he going today? What's he going to do? He's going to the Peaberry Coffee for a cold polar bear. But uh, <laughs> that's very specific where you went with that. I love those. I miss. I miss Peaberry Coffee and their polar bears. Yeah. If that's one thing I could bring back in this world, it'd be Peaberry Coffee and their polar bears. Peaberry. Um, but uh, you know, if we had paparazzi, we'd probably. We probably hate the fame as well, and oh, I think we, we have like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call us famous. We're famous in this kind of in in, in our kind of little uh, Leo Laporte identified units, but we <laughs> that's just enough for us. <laughs> oh, look at the size of his unit! <laughs> Perfect uh, size unit. A couple of final ones here: pepper spray by someone named Cameron Logman. It's an old FBI agent in the 80s who helped uh, turn pepper spray into a weapons-grade material. Says he okay. thinks it gets used way too much for bad stuff. So that's I your just final. invented it to be a seasoning, and they turned it into a weapon. Oh, I forgot about this one. The Raleigh Chopper. I didn't ever even heard of this. So before BMX arrived on the scene in the late 70s, oh. if you wanted a bike that wasn't uh, of the drop-handled bar racing variety, Raleigh's Chopper was one of the few options. Loved by millions for its comfortable saddle. Laid back seating position, huge Harley Davidson S handlebars. Uh, it was one of Raleigh's best selling bikes in the 70s. But the designer, Tom Karen, was not as enthusiastic about the comeback last year. He says that chopper wasn't a very good bike. It was terribly heavy. You wouldn't want to ride it very far. 
Okay, I remember some. I remember people riding this thing. It had the weird like backrest that was a separate attachment to the bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an ugly. It's that's a. It is an ugly bike. Yeah. I'm with him. I'm with him. Well, that's yeah. a fun little list that we had right there. That is. That's totally fun. I'm trying to think of like other car models that the person who invented them probably regrets like the, the thing. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Although I did want one of those when I was younger because you I could did. change yeah. out the panels. and. I had one of those green machine. Do uh, you remember green machines? Remember oh, those? The, yeah, I totally did. Oh. Did I ever tell you about my green machine story? No. Please do. Tell oh, me that. Man. All right. So, so the green machine is the answer to the big wheel. And instead, I'm, I'm just saying this for the chat room or for people who aren't familiar, yeah. instead of a, instead of turning the wheel with a, um, uh, a steering wheel, mm-hmm. you had two levers and you basically rocked them back and forth to steer the green machine. You still pedaled the same way with your feet on pedals that were on the front wheel. But instead of steering with a steering wheel, you steered with two levers back and forth. Right. And, uh, uh, either my mom or my dad got me one of those. We were living in an apartment, like this really cheap kind of crummy apartment on, in, uh, in Denver. And, uh, after their divorce and it was just my mom and I, and, uh, didn't have a lot, you know, I invented my own pinball machine with wooden blocks and stuff. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, didn't, didn't have much. And, uh, I think my dad got me a green machine and I just loved that thing. Yeah. And, uh, um, so I, you know, rode it all around the sidewalks, all around the apartment building down the, you know, around the area. And, uh, but we didn't have room for it or for whatever reason it was outside at one point. Okay. And, um, uh, came out and it was gone. It wasn't where I had left it. No. And I searched all around and couldn't find it. And then finally I find it in the dumpster. Um, these two kids who were jealous of it had smashed the wheels oh. and, uh, and broken the bars that held those two little, two little, um, uh, levers that you'd pull back and forth and then threw it in the dumpster. Lame. Yes. Uh, did you beat, did you beat the schmear out of him or what'd you do? I didn't because I was uh, you know I was a uh, you were a lover not a fighter. I wasn't a, I was a lover not a fighter. I wasn't a, I wasn't a monster. Uh. <laughs> I I love green machines. I'm with you there. Yeah. That thing was so yeah. cool, and we were right the perfect age for it. It was just freaking great, man. Everybody yeah. and and that's yeah. the truth. It it created you know people wanted it, and if you had one and they didn't, mm-hmm. you had to keep your eye on that thing. Don't it's gonna get stolen or thrown in the dumpster or whatever totally what are yeah. those kids doing today where are they now exactly probably in jail probably in probably jail. uh probably in our <laughs> we'll just assume <laughs> they're, they're in our jerks. correctional system now yeah exactly uh all right brian show us your latest minifig painting will you please yes i should have been prepared for this but i'm getting there i'm uh i'm gonna just put it in the in our our chat in here and then, Ooh. if you want to share it, yeah. Oh, can I not? Uh, I can. I'd love to do. Well, there that. we go. I can do it right here. Um, Let's see. Photo and right there and send. So it's going into our morning stream. Yep. Let's see. Discussion it. here. Except I sent. Why did that one go in? I, I just I, sent you a picture of my some Yamask getting uh, photobombed by. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Now the right one's going up. All right. Yep. I was going to say, this doesn't look like a minifig. Oh, there we go. Look yeah, at this. There's, uh, that is uh, Crossbones. Yeah. Oh, I like really it. really good. Yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. And you can see how tiny he is based on my, my ginormous fingers there. But uh, 
Yeah, look at your big mitts. That's a tiny yeah. little thing. That you got. It is a tiny, tiny little thing. And so, like getting metal edging on his buckles, I did that with a dry brush and some silver paint. I did uh, um, metal for the two, um, his kind of uh, brass knuckles, but they're kind of they're probably steel knuckles. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, what's interesting? Moving on to maybe I'm going too advanced by moving on to uh, Ultron. And uh, oh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Sounds like a challenge that's worthy it's of your time. It's a lot of challenge. I mean, basically, he's, he's one color. He's really two colors. He's silver with like red accents in his uh, in mm-hmm. his little uh, uh, breaks cool. between the metal. The but, the uh, the smaller the stuff is, though, the harder it is, man. That's I'm I'm impressed with how good that looks. That's really yeah. rad. Well, look at you painting everything. It's fantastic. <laughs> painting everything, and I'm catching Pokemon. Apparently, nice. Apparently, the last thing I did was was uh, take a picture of my Pokemon so that I could get some hearts <laughs> and get photo bombed by a. <laughs> well, by at a least we didn't get a photo of Ryan's uh, Saturday night. Uh, hey, it's it's nurse. Let's play nurse role play night with. with <laughs> yes, you'll never get one of those because okay. I take those on my iPad for ah, the resolution. I see. I'm, yes. trying to, I'm picturing you walking around with an iPad now. <laughs> with a great big Tina's iPad. Mom, Tina's mom takes all her pictures with the iPad. It is just the funniest <laughs> thing to watch. Oh, that's funny to me. All right. Well, uh, there's all that. That's all well and good. But now, this. It is time for the news. Brought to you by... Brought to you by Coverville today at uh, 1 p.m. Mountain Time at uh, Coverville.tv or Twitch TV slash Coverville. Uh, here's the, the title of today's, the cryptic title of today's episode. Sometimes they come back. Uh, yes, it's uh, songs, uh, covers that feature a guest appearance by the original artist. So things like uh, Shirlene from Archer's cover of Danger Zone that has some guest vocals by Kenny Loggins or Jamie's crying, uh, the country version that has David Lee Roth making a little, little bit of an appearance, stuff like that all came together because of a guest, the connection I did a couple weeks ago that I had so much fun putting together. It was like, Oh, I've got a bunch of songs like this. This make a great show. And hopefully it will today at 1 PM mountain time at uh, twitch.tv slash cover. I believe in you. I truly do. Well, thanks. Well, thank you. You betcha. Okay, let's look at this story about the. Uh, there's some drama in the qu- in the queer penguin community. <laughs> okay, I know you're not. Is that a term that I'm unfamiliar with? With penguins? <laughs> well, I'll I just finally learned what bears were and twinks, and now I have to learn what penguins are. They just well dressed, uh, <laughs> well dressed people in the LGBT com- community. Well, in this case, they're literally the birds that can't fly. Penguins, gay penguins. They okay. exist. Oh, they exist. They're they're real. Here's what it says. Drama is afoot in the Dutch queer penguin community after two gay lovers with the reputation for trouble stole an entire nest of eggs from a neighboring lesbian couple at the same zoo. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Within the queer uh, pe- penguin community at large, fostering eggs is a relatively common thing. On multiple occasions, zoos and aquariums have gifted unhatched eggs to gay and lesbian couples, meaning the birds. Again, there's yeah, not yeah, people yeah, yeah. are talking about. Exhibiting right, behavior, of birds. yeah, exactly. They're exhibiting behavior that suggests they're desperate for a chick, uh, like building moss mosque nets out of pebbles. So, so what will happen mosque is nests. what I say, mosque. You said mosque nets. Oh, I did not mean that. I meant you spoonerized mock it. Mock nests. 
So fake nests, basically. They'll set those up and they'll do it. Uh, they'll do it out of instinct. And so when they see that happening, you're like, all right, well, that's probably this. This couple will care for the. They want a baby. Sex. They want to. They want to care for a baby. Yeah. Do they give them little bags of flour to carry around to see if they're ready to be parents first? An egg. They carry around a not carry a, not around a an penguin egg. egg if you though. take right, just like a little chicken egg, and if you take good care of this egg, then we'll see about getting you a real penguin egg. Yeah. Don't break it. Then they break it. Uh, let's see with the, uh, the queer penguin community at large are that um, but rather than demanding the same uh, of their caretakers one pair of African penguins at the Derenick Park Zoo in Amersfoort 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 there's two O's in there and it's throwing me Fort. off yeah that's a fun word to say uh, <laughs> it kind of is Instead, uh, took the matter into their own claws by snatching the eggs from two mothers-to-be, according to the news. Uh, the conniving boys, the two gay penguins, have since been uh, caring for or doing care, sharing caregiving duties. So they're actually taking care of the eggs, taking turns keeping the eggs warm and foraging for fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's more, it isn't the first time the fellows have resorted to unlawful action. Last year, the same couple stole an egg from a different penguin family and faced zero repercussions for doing so. <laughs> it's no wonder that after the eggs didn't hatch, they felt emboldened to steal again. Meanwhile, can't the they females... Can't, the, can't the couple that he, they stole the eggs from just go and steal them back during Dancing with the Stars or RuPaul's Drag Race or something That's when they're distracted? Saying. Yeah, if I, they get yeah. to their weak spot, find out what they're distracted by. And... That's right. Go get them. Oh, they're they're giving away free copies of 2019 Cats the movie over at the uh, <laughs> the, the frozen banana stand. <laughs> All right, let's take the egg back. Yeah, I love this idea though. It's such a great like we do this a lot as humans, right? We we anthropomorphize our uh, our animal kingdom. We do, yes. And they're doing that here, obviously. But uh, but yeah, they're actually gay and lesbian penguins. Two females just stay together their whole lives. Cool. It's very cool. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Nothing, nothing at all wrong with that. <laughs> Good job, penguins. All right, uh, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan, the actual country. Yes. The one that Borat's always going, you know, uh, hey, hey, hey. Department of Agriculture <laughs> <laughs> and Wildlife. They have adopted officially Borat's catchphrase. Very nice. As very an, nice. It's their official <laughs> tourism slogan. <laughs> So like you're gonna literally see like a, t- a tourism pamphlet in English that'll say, "Visit Kazakhstan, very nice." At the, at the that's end of awesome. It. Uh, there was a time when the government of Kazakhstan banned the movie Borat and threatened to sue its star Sasha Baron Cohen for its depiction of its country in the outrageous mockumentary. Those days are over. Following the release of Borat's subsequent movie film, the sequel to Borat: Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. The Kazakh uh, Tourism Board has officially adopted the character's very nice catchphrase as its official slogan. A series of ads released on Sunday feature visitors experiencing different aspects of the country, from architecture and landscapes to food and culture, before repeating those two famous lines. A description of the promos on YouTube reads, How can you describe a place that's surprising in just two words? As a wise man once said, Very nice! (laughs) Nice. We watched that last night. We watched the sequel and uh, Tina and I. Yeah, what'd you think? Enjoyed it very much. Yeah. Whereas was I right about uh, the heart bit? There's a little bit of heart in there. There's a lot more heart in there. Yeah. Um, and holy cow. I mean, I'm always impressed with Sasha Bar- Baron Cohen's ability to lock into that character and not crack himself up because yeah. I'd have such a hard time with that, especially if I, you know. Um, oh, it's a special power. I don't know how you do it. It is. 
but his the 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 girl who plays his daughter is <laughs> as you said you were right even more impressive just the fact that she can do all this stuff with him you know sitting there in the uh the 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 breast implant uh lobby going back and forth and talking about it and not cracking themselves up like i know i don't know how you do it it's a special kind of comedy i don't get it it really is and yeah Benjamin says the ballroom scene is oh is something man to behold. that is a, i mean those people oh my gosh <laughs> i every scene though i sit there and i wonder what they told to the the real life people in there to explain why there's a why there's a guy with a camera in there well they got yeah i'd love to know more of that and also the scene where he's at the rally and he's singing uh yes they, right. there's a there's a um on youtube there's a scene well i guess uh, they showed it on colbert but there's a cut scene not a cut scene but a behind the scenes thing yeah where yeah. once those guys got wise to what he was doing and who he was they like full on attacked him. Like he had to go hide I'm, in a trailer and hold the door shut with his feet. Like they were I, trying to beat I him. I don't up. doubt that. You mean the the guys at the rally or the because the backing band I'm guessing was in on it. Uh, they seemed um, like they were in on it, but everybody out yeah. in the audience was was uh, pissed. Yeah. So they were like they had he had to wear like a bulletproof vest and everything. It was bad. Oh, so the stuff he's obviously goes through a lot of stuff for his thing. Yesterday, somebody on the YouTube comments was uh, just going off because because we like. Um, we like him. I guess apparently the there's a faction of the of people who really really hate. Of course Sasha they Baron don't. Cohen. Sure, that's. Uh, uh, I bet Rudolph Giuliani doesn't like him. <laughs> I don't think he likes him at all. <laughs> Not after that. You have to admit. Okay, they stop it before anything weird happens. Weird yes. stuff was happening. That well, was yeah, yeah, yeah. weird. And they stop it before anything anything really weird happens but weird stuff was happening yeah and, uh, he's patting her on the leg the way he was and he's and just, if i was mm. uh mrs giuliani i'd be uh i'd be asking her husband a few questions about that yeah i already know his daughter is basically uh disowned him but <laughs> well why wouldn't you he's yeah a, he's exactly a, he's a turtle but anyway, the the uh, <laughs> I just loved like the Jewish temple ladies. I love. Oh, they were so sweet and so like they were like great. so welcoming and like, come on, I don't have a big nose. I'm not going to eat you. And I guess yeah. this is spoilery stuff, but yeah, they were yeah. so damn sweet. They were great. And the black lady trying to help her was really nice. Like yes, and that, that was stuff. she was the one that the babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how they talked her into putting a camera into her car for when they were driving around so that they could capture some of that discussion. Well, a lot of it, my understanding with how some of this works from talking to that reality TV guy that we had on the current geek thing, he said that what happens a lot of the time is you'll, you don't have to get um, waivers before, but if you're going to go to air with your footage, you then have to inform people what you did. So at that rally, you would see two or three people whose faces were blurred. That means yep. they were people that absolutely refused to, to be on there. <laughs> Specifically, the guy giving the Nazi salute. Yeah, yeah did not want to uh, sign up. <laughs> he wasn't into it. Now, how that applies to Rudy, I don't know how that works. Because yeah. does he does do, do is there a legal responsibility where he has to or is there something about public figure law that like changes well, what happens? Could he have know. signed it beforehand? Because of the because of it being an interview and saying yes, I allow, I allow whatever we record as part of this interview, um, to be aired and uh, oh, good point. Uh, 
because he would have probably had to sign something for that interview to happen and and uh, agreement on that. Right. And if you have a camera in a in a room somewhere that's just mm-hmm. like what wedged into a corner of the room or something. Yeah. That's just like me having a having a ring camera at my house, right? Like it's not Right. Exactly. exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously I'm no lawyer. I don't understand how stuff goes, but <clears throat> and yeah. you know, for those who would go, "Ah, you guys are you think any of that any of those Borat moments are real. You're up in the night. I, I get that people are skeptical, but sure. I just like, if you're just looking at this thing as a whole, mm-hmm. it was entertaining and cringy like the first one, but it also had this, these moments of like genuine, like I cared about people for, for, for a hot yes. minute. Yes. And that's, that's weird sure. for these. So mm-hmm. I like that. I thought it was all right. <laughs> and I don't know where he got that Donald Trump mask, but yep. holy crap, that thing is both, both realistic looking and creepy. Oh yeah, as well. yeah. It had like a uncanny valley times. It 10. did. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that was really weird. Everything. Anyway. About, everything about that. How did he not just get tackled? Like, oh my god. Jeez, that was right. Yeah, in addition to the rally, that seems like the place where you would absolutely get uh, taken out by Secret Service. Yeah. Jeez. But I'm not surprised. It's all very controversial because, duh, that's the point. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, my sister, Wendy, will be here. Yeah, that's right. We're related. It's hard to believe sometimes because she's super (laughs) smart. Uh, And I'm kind of dumb. But she's she's got some amazing stuff to say. And today, we got a listener email that we're going to tackle. We'll get to all of that in a minute. But before we do, Brian has a fiduciary uh, commitment through a contractual agreement to play a song. I do. Uh, This is is a fun one, too. Very... Um, you know, I've been, I've been getting into more and more dream pop lately, and this one totally fits in with that. Um, the vocalist sounds like the guy from Ninja Sex Party. We'll see if people, other people feel that way. I'm heading it off right now. This sounds like the guy from Ninja Sex Party. (laughs) Um, the uh, vocalist is a guy named Halang Child, H-I-L-A-N-G-C-H-I-L-D. Um, this is an album coming out. Uh, it's called Every Mover, and it comes out January 8th via Bella Union Records. Big thanks to Bella Union for sending this one out. Uh, here's the first single from the album. It's called Anthropic Cold Times. Here is Hilang Child. All right, we'll be right back. Stay tuned.
guys i love my dogs i love them they're great and i like to feed them great things that's why i like jiminy's do you know feeding your dog with foods made from cricket protein uses less land and water to produce and is drastically eliminating greenhouse gas emissions compared to traditional animal protein dog food meet jiminy's that's j-i-m-i-n-y apostrophe s nutritious and sustainable food and treats for your dogs made with cricket protein and other delicious plant-based ingredients like sweet potatoes, oats, peanut butter, flax, that sort of stuff. Uh, My dogs are obsessed with these. In fact, I was having some trouble training the Weimaraner to do a few new things. She's a puppy still. But this stuff has changed my life with her. It's been pretty fantastic. Help save the environment. Insect protein is a truly sustainable protein source. Better land use and feed uh, uh, conversion supports this. In addition, less water and almost no greenhouse gases. One five-ounce bag of Jiminy's treats, for example, saves 220 million gallons of water versus traditional animal protein. Think of that. (laughs) That's insane. And if you have an average-sized dog switching from chicken-based diet to an insect-based diet, that saves 480,000 gallons of water per year. Oh, my gosh, that's a lot of water. Uh, It's also great for their digestion. Supports better digestion. It's a prebiotic. And it's easy for them to to digest. Crickets, like other insects, contain fibers such as uh, chitin. And fiber serves as a good microbial food source for some fiber types. Uh, They promote growth of the beneficial bacteria that the dogs need. You need it too, but, you know, so do your dogs. Don't forget about your dogs. These are good for sensitive dogs with allergies as well. Insect protein is considered hypoallergenic. And, uh, you know, beef, chicken, lamb, soy, even fish are some of the common ingredients that trigger dog allergies so uh, another great way to go there and it's more humane and safe crickets are raised in cricket condos inside barns which allow them to live in a way that is close as possible to how they would live in the natural world harvesting time comes near the end of their natural life cycle which is approximately six weeks this comes after they have mated and laid their eggs insects raised in clean indoor farms that have been found to be free of common pathogens and you know that plagues the meat industry, for example, like E. coli, salmonella, staph, listeria, that sort of stuff. So we love these here. They've been amazing. The the dogs love them. They're, I'm doing just the treats right now. Now I'm totally going to get the food because it's changed their lives. Like they don't even want normal treats anymore. We had some left over and they were like, nah, we're good with these. We'll have Jiminy's forever. To learn more and save 15% off your first order, go to Jiminy's.com slash TMS and use the code TMS15 at checkout. That's J I M I N Y S dot com slash 
TMS, and you got to use that code TMS15. You'll love it. My dogs do. No! Don't go in there! You don't have to die! Well, no one has to die at 30! You can live! Live! Uh, no, my movement is advancing into the hole, so that's everything. You are not prepared. This is the morning stream. And we're back, everybody. Welcome back. Man, I, I groove on that kind of thing. I like that a lot. That was good. That is good stuff, yeah. Yeah. I might have to get me some more of that. You call? Did you call the whole genre dream pop? I've never heard that before. Dream pop. Yeah. Okay. So um, if I search for that, can I find things that are? You can totally search for Dream Pop, and you'll find a lot of great stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess. But I there's never... even like there, I'm sure uh, uh, Apple Music has a Dream Pop, like a Dream Pop Essentials or a Dream Pop, uh, a few Dream Pop playlists and things like that. It's um. I really like that. Yeah. I like it's... that kind of thing in general, but I just never know what to call it. Just figured it was just like. I don't know. I like when things have names yeah, and I can gaze, find it. There we go. Shoegaze and Dream, Dream Pop Essentials. And then Mojo Magazine has a great uh, Dream Pop um, uh, playlist. Pitchfork has the 30 best Dream Pop albums. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Oh, there's tons yeah. of these. Okay. Well, Mazzy I'll have Star to. Star being a good one. Cocteau Twins. The Sundays. Oh, I like the Sundays. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, there you go. Well, now I'm go. gonna I'm gonna discover some new things this afternoon. Excellent. That's how that's gonna go. Let me know how go. that goes. Yeah, I'll let you know. My musical horizons <laughs> have been broadened. Broadened. Excellent. Excellent. That's uh, not right. the right term though. We call it ladened. Oh, ladian. Oh, labia. We don't say broad anymore, Scott. It's La- not broad. Labia. What? All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My sister's head. Welcome, home. Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get her in here. Fix this up real quick here. Uh, I see her. She is online. She's muted, though. Hi, Wendy. Oh, she's not muted now. Hello. Hey, can you oh, hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. How the heck are you? Uh, I'm in my car. Oh, oh. <laughs> I uh, I was able to uh, panic download Discord as I was forgot about my kid's orthodontist appointment. Oh, so. fun. Are they in there now? Are they getting the work done now? Yeah, I mean, I'm not inside the building or anything. I'm just just out in your car, chilling. I'm just in the car, chilling. He's yeah. get, he thinks he's getting his braces off. He's probably not. <laughs> oh, why? Why? Uh, wait, is this Abe? Yeah. Why does he think he will, and why isn't he? Because he's cocky. He thinks uh, things just happen that are good, and uh, he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just kidding. Um, <laughs> So he got a job. Did I tell you this? He got a job, and his first paycheck comes tomorrow, and he gets his driver's license learner's permit tomorrow, and he thinks he's getting his braces off. He He's under the illusion that three good things happen in a row. Oh. I, I told him it's three bad things, not three good things. Yeah, it's never three. Good things don't come in three. Bad things yeah. come in threes. Right. Exactly. So okay. he's fooling well, himself. If he... If he needs reinforcement, just tell him Uncle Scott concurs. Only bad things happen in threes. Be all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Well, anyway, it's, it's really good. comforting. Are you uh, are you okay where you're at to do yeah. uh, this? Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Well, good. good. This is fantastic. Okay. My sister. Are we going to hear a? Um, are we going to hear you go through like a drive-through at a McDonald's or something <laughs> at any point during this? No, I don't think so. Got to get a chicken sandwich <laughs> in the middle of the morning. Uh, uh, no, um, I I think I'm good. So well, that's let's good. go for it. Yes. That's fantastic. So uh, just as a brief. Uh, catching everybody up who maybe is here for the first time my sister wendy is an actual therapist she does therapy for real people all the time and then comes here and helps us with our i guess our fake people no our, we have real people too <laughs> <coughs> real people real problems Your fake problems that's right that's but right. They, they do have their own problems we like to talk about them explore the human condition a little bit and we're going to do that today oh i forgot to play this Everyone knows with an i though with an i not with a y uh, all right. My mom's tendency to name her kids with stripper names continues. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Here is uh, today's email. So this came to us, uh, and they were they weren't sure. It was so funny because they, they they were. There's part of this email uh, that I'm not going to read that basically says I'm not. I'm sure there's way more worse problems than this. Um, but Wendy and I both saw this email. And went, oh, this is perfect. This is a great thing to talk about, especially given kind of where we're at and other things. So here, uh, here's this email from Brad. I'm not going to use his last name. He says, hey, longtime listener, love the show. I love your sister's therapy segment, uh, but I never thought I might need it myself. My wife and I, along with our two-year-old son, decided we wanted to move out of state. Sounds like a windy move. Uh, I back that up. Go for it. (laughs) Yeah, you like that. (laughs) We put our house up for sale, and it sold very quickly. We were able to find a house to build in a new state. Shortly thereafter, I got cold feet. My wife was very un, under, uh, sorry, very understanding. We decided to do our best to stay in the current area. However, since our house had already sold, we still needed to find a place to live. We found a couple of houses we liked, each of which had some minor issues, and we signed a contract on one of them. I think we were eager to get a house so that our anxiety and general unhappiness could be resolved, but we realized soon after a couple of days that we were both settling for this house and wasn't really what we wanted. Our realtor was incredible and managed to get us out of that contract. Then we found another house in a great neighborhood that we really liked. Uh, Let's see. And now we have bought that house. The the new house is great. We have everything we need. Unfortunately, I'm still in a bit of a funk. I didn't realize how much I liked our current house. Evidently, or evidently, it has, uh, has a lot of sentimental value to me because our son was born there and has lived there his whole life. I feel attached to this house. Uh, I feel attached to this house that we can't stay in, meaning his, his former house. And my wife naturally has some trust issues. I feel I have done damage to our relationship. She and my son mean more to me than anything, and I just want to be happy again. I think that uh, once we get out of this house and into uh, a new one, a lot of my negative emotions will hopefully go away. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm starting to wonder if that's going to do anything. Anyway... Uh, but I'm really curious if Wendy has any input on this whole mess. Does she have advice on how to cope with my attachment to our current house or any other advice for me and my wife and how we can put this behind us and move forward to the next chapter of our family's life? Uh, thanks. I could definitely use the help. Thanks so much. All right. So, uh, it sounds to me, okay, you know, there's that old phrase, grass is always greener on the other side, or, you know, there's a million, yeah. million ways of saying that. The house that. is always nicer on the, <laughs> right. the other side of the contract. On the right. side of the town. There's always yeah. like a, yeah. sometimes you just have a nagging feeling you need to change, you need to, you know, but but it's not always the change you think you need, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, for some people it is, absolutely. Like, pull up roots and start afresh and go somewhere else and 
Like that's totally the answer. And for others, that may seem like the answer, but it's actually not addressing the real question. So I'm guessing this is one of those cases. So how do you want to proceed with Brad? I want to proceed with a really stupid story. Um, yesterday, okay, I have Jabra. Is that the name of the brand? The ear earbuds? The ear yeah. Yeah. Jabra, yeah. And uh, I have like consistently bent over to do something and one falls out and lands in water. I mean, I can't even count how many times. <laughs> so many times. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the other day, I did that outside. There was snow and wet or like a puddle, and it lands right in the puddle, one of them. And I was like, oh, well, that's fine. It never harmed it before. And so I dry it off. I put it in my ear, and it doesn't work for like three days. But so I just keep wearing them because I can hear out of the one side. <laughs> anyway, but I have to have both ends. So. I'm, I'm going on with my life like, well, guess that's broken. I don't know. That's how I work with the technology. Anyway, um, so I needed them. I s asked somebody to throw them to me. I was down the stairs and they were upstairs. I'm like, can you just throw me the whole case? So they throw the case to me. Yeah. And it was just enough falling and crashing <laughs> to maybe knock out whatever final drops of water were <laughs> there. So I put them in and they work. And yeah. I'm like. Sweet problem solved. And I had this thought related to the email, actually, which is sometimes you got to be, be knocked around to, to have something be the best thing for you, right? Yeah. So, for example, you can just go along and it sounds like comfortable. Here we got this baby in this house and this is life. And then getting excited about change and doing new things and then just kind of rushing into it um, and, and kind of expecting everything to fall into place. I think, I mean, Abe's a good example today of getting his... He, I mean, he's been in there a while. He might be getting his braces off. I could be wrong. I'll tell you when he gets in the car. <laughs> anyway, um, but that idea of like, uh, we do, we all want smooth sailing. That helps us think something's right. That's very built into us because it's a, it's a safety alarm, right? Like, oh no, it's all good because this is working out and this is working out and this is working out. But every one of us knows who's lived longer than five minutes that, Sometimes haven't, you know, here's where the earphones, when they got jarred just enough, mm -hmm. then they could be back to what they needed to be. And we all have stuff that comes along. We all have things that absolutely jar us. And yes, we wish it was as quick as just dropping your headphones, but it can be anything from um, disease or relationships falling apart or, you know, job loss or, you know, any of those things. We, it's so hard to see it from the front end and think, this is good for me. Yeah. I like this or whatever. Now, especially when it's something you've chosen. And that is, uh, so I'm going to give them the secret to the sauce. Ooh, so, secret. You know, okay. we moved to Sweden and we're homeless for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you could say, you know what, people? This was not a good plan. Also, <laughs> we missed our first flight. You know, you know the whole story. Everything was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, but, and here's, this is hard. And, and it, here's, here's where his anxiety sort of comes in and creates stories. Anxiety does that, right? I feel this feeling. Now what's the story to match? And yeah. often the story to match, it's just logical. It'll be like, well, you made the wrong decision. Okay, I'm going to believe that. And now that's the thing I'm going to hang on to. But the truth is, I don't know if you move four children all under the age of 12 to another country, should it ever feel easy? Yeah. <laughs> no. Or should growth like sometimes there's little growth that doesn't hurt that bad, but most of the time growth and change and, um, opportunity, like that stuff hurts. 
and we can't always see it from the front end. So here we are, we've got this house, we're comfortable, we get excited, we think, let's do this, let's do this other thing. And his wife, it sounds like, you know, he, he's a little worried how it's affecting her, him being so um, back and forth and like, yeah. you know, anxious. Um, and, and that's a valid concern. But, but again, what is the story? So he's feeling anxious and then his brain is telling him a story. Now, all of us have our stories that sort of originate maybe from childhood, from something that happened to us. It could be that just our worldview affects what kind of stories there are and our experiences, the people we're around. Sometimes our brains are just jacked up on great stories and they're like, all right, now everyone's going to be dead when you walk into the building. I'm like, what? And it's just the way your brain likes to manage whatever that f- the feeling is you're going through. Yeah. So he's having a feeling. His mind is making up a story. Yeah. Which is, I'm making mistakes left and right. I'm ruining my relationship. I'm so attached to this house, you know. And none of that sounds crazy because all of us could relate, right? I mean, it doesn't sound like too off. Right. But is it actually accurate? Mm. Is that the Mm. real thing happening here? Yeah. And the only way to find out is to back up and get a little space from that story and ask a couple of questions. Be curious about it. Like, be open that there is a potential different outcome or story here. Mm-hmm. And that all of the storytelling and all of the anxiety is is protective. It's trying to keep you from getting hurt or making huge mistakes. And so it's serving its role. It's just a little too out of control. And you're just a little too identifying with it, right? Mm-hmm. So we just back up and go, okay, cool. Thank you for the information that I should panic now. But what is, what's some, and I'm going to have you two actually do this. Imagine this is you. Imagine you're thinking you've made a mistake and you can't f- figure out how to fix it and you want this house back that other people now live in. Um, y- and you are just seeking for going. You, it's like you're trying to get back on the diving board. <laughs> yeah. You've already jumped. <laughs> right. Um, and so, so imagine this is happening to you. Now imagine creating a little space and adding curiosity here. What, could, what kinds of questions could you ask about the situation if it were you? that would be curious and open to maybe it's a different story. Hmm. Maybe there's more to this or I don't have all the answers. Oh, gotcha. So. Right, right, right. So the, right. The house, the house necessarily isn't the issue. It might be something else. And how do you get to that? Yeah. And even if it is about the house, it's mm-hmm. that you're, you're sort of stuck on um, it being mm-hmm. the way you need it to be or feel. Yeah, and you right. don't quite have all the answers. There's, a, there's sort of a thing where, you know, people will, spend their way to what they think is their happy place. In other words, it's like, well, if we get the new new car, everything will be better. It'll be fixed. Yeah. Well, if we get the right. new this, or if we get to do that, or if yeah. I buy 10 more of these, everything will get better. And it feels a little bit like that to me for some reason, even though in this particular yeah. case, it's not like he's buying a you know house. He's not buying new houses to have additional houses. He's just moving around. But mm-hmm. there's probably this feeling like, well, this is what we need. We do this. We cut cord and we go, and that'll solve the problem. But then it didn't solve the problem. Then he regretted it. It's kind of like, you know, I had a little bit of this when we moved because Nick was of a, you know, a delicate age for a move. He was 12, 13. Um, That's a hard time to move. You got all your friends. You're just sort of starting your social world, you know, like it was really hard. So when he, when we moved here, he really struggled. It was really hard for him. And, 
we had a long we had long chats and conversations of you know tearful conversations about how much he missed his friends and missed his school and normal stuff when you you know a kid moves or whatever but it had me really questioning like oh my gosh did we do this purely for yeah. Kim and I and were we not thinking about how this would affect Nick and his world like that was that was a that was a reckoning a little bit of one it all worked out in the end and he was fine you know as soon as he sort of acclimated or adjusted but but still there's like that feeling of did we did we thought we were making the right decision mm-hmm. or was it the wrong decision mm-hmm. were we just blind to it being wrong and i feel like that's what he's doing he's telling himself that the solution well one there's a line in the email where he says um i can't find it one where he says i think uh oh here it is no i can't find it he's basically saying when we get to maybe the next house will be the one like literally mm-hmm. that's in mm-hmm. here um I, I, right, like I solving think, the, the maybe this one didn't solve the issue. The next one will solve the issue. Yeah. Kind of oh, yeah. Here it is. Yeah. It says, "I think we are eager. Uh, I think we are eager to get into a new house so that our anxiety and general unhappiness could be resolved." And it's just so much like that, thinking that is the solution. That the change of scenery, the the whatever, is the solution. It can't. It is for some people. Like I don't mm-hmm. think there's people in my life like Wendy. You can't. You can't keep you down you're gonna go do whatever you're gonna do i will do what i want yeah but i'm more of a put down roots and chill person and don't have that anxiety i don't feel that need i don't feel that pressure to to constantly move up move around move there move here like i'm 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 moving up in other parts of my life but it doesn't require the physical moving and in fact the idea of moving again just even saying it my own head Mm. Makes me want to eat glass, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's I can't even I can't even uh, imagine trying to do that right now. It might be because I'm freaking 51 and I just not feeling it anymore. But but anyway, yeah. um, but the, uh, to answer your question, I don't know if I really did. Uh, you were no, talking. you didn't. So answer. <laughs> ask, no, no, it's fine. Yeah, like, see, what's I've the curious in... questions you can ask? Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's already kind of started to identify what he what he likes about the old house, the fact that, you know, the son was born there, lived his life there in that house, uh, for his whole life so far. And, and he realizes that, yeah, once we move, that connection is gone. We've got to start making new connections in the new house. But, um, so I feel like he's identified at least one aspect of the old house that he, uh, that he feels like he's going to miss. Um, now that's a great point. So what can he do with that? Well, it is like going to class, Brian. <laughs> We're in class right now. Seriously. This is Wendy. Yeah, Wendy the I mean, professor yeah, Wendy are. is at Keep the front of class. Keep is going. it, is it something as simple as like, you know, take lots of pictures of, of, uh, your son in the house right now as you're packing up boxes, like get some memories of the change itself, maybe to be able to look back on and, um, and start making new memories or is that, that probably doesn't help. Right. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, I think it's great. I think it's great because what you're doing is you're documenting. I mean, it's the kid's life story. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, one day, I mean, I remember this very clearly, uh, when we lived in sugar house in Salt Lake, um, mom coming up and we drove around the neighborhoods that her mother lived in, her grandmother lived in. She remembers playing in that backyard. I mean, like there's a lot of joy in that. Right. And, mm-hmm. and you know, nowadays obviously you just take a couple of pictures and write a few things down 
it's really easy to document that. So that could be part of it. That could be really therapeutic. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's a good okay. one. What um, else? Got anything else, Brian? I don't have anything. <laughs> I'm terrible at this, obviously. Dang, I turned in my paper, Scott. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm I'm that kid in <laughs> class who answer. just doesn't have a good answer. Um, uh, you know, I guess another question would be, what do you feel like you're not going to have in the new house that you have in the current one? Um, okay, that's a good one. Uh, and maybe by analyzing that, They'll say, wow, you know, I guess I actually do have, have everything, you know, everything tangible, uh, you know, the stuff that's, that's specific and identifiable we have in the new house and maybe it'll get him to start thinking about, all right, what are some of those intangibles that, that he doesn't have, um, that he'd miss in the new house and, uh, yeah. and yeah. he can start thinking about how he can start making those. Once they move into the new house, I'm just going to copy off Brian's homework for this. Good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's good I, at this. Did I he's have the? Uh, I I, always, I I I totally relate to his fear. Tina and I years ago, you're, like we had just gotten married, and we were going to be replacing one of our cars, and we went to a dealership, and we went through almost the entire process where we were just getting to the point where we were about to sign on the dotted line and commit ourselves to this car, and. The guy left to do something, probably to go pretend he was haggling with the manager. And uh, <laughs> 100%. Like, hey, you catch, catch that Badgers game this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Can you get me tickets? No. <laughs> but uh, while he was gone, Tina and I were like, man, is this, are we, do we feel really good about this? And we both kind of spun, not spontaneously, but simultaneously said, no, I don't think we, I don't think this is a good deal or I don't think this is the right car for us. And I think we just kind of got, railroaded into getting something that maybe we didn't want or was more money than we wanted to spend. And so the guy came in and we were about to sign and we said, you know what? We don't feel really good about this. And, um, and we're going to back out. And, and like he was, he was pissed. I think he was looking forward to a commission. He wasn't like, Oh, you know what? I totally understand. It's totally fine. He said, yeah, well, thanks for jerking me around for the last hour. Oh, yeah. Who's doing the jerking around? I would ask. That's some, exactly. So it's like, you know, we're, yeah. we're kind of like, and, and as we, when he did that, we're like, yeah, I think we made the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, that's the evidence awful. came after. And that's really how it works. It does. Yeah. That makes me want to break somebody's face. I hate that oh, story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, annoys me. Wendy, Tina I think you <laughs> loves that story. I think we, I think, I think Wendy went under a bridge. Yeah, <laughs> Wendy, you there? You there? Hello? Yeah, we lost her hard there. Oh no! Let me try. Uh... Huh? No, she's still on the call. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she can hear us. And... Oh, that's yeah. She maybe she can hear us. I'm not getting any kind of green from her though, so she's not muted. Hmm. No rings of speakage. As Daryl once famously oh, said. Oh, yeah, right. No, right. No. That was like a perfect connection until it wasn't. Mm hmm. Don't know what's going on there. Yeah, it really seriously just could be. I mean, she's on her phone, so there's that. Oh, introduces... she could have gotten a call. Oh, oh you... right. She could have. Yeah. yeah. It would have kept her in Discord, but transferred her microphone and everything over to the new call. Yeah, that happens. So she it probably... might be somebody more important than us. It probably is somebody way more important than if us. If I had to ask. Or if I had to guess, totally mm -hmm. somebody more important than us. <laughs> right. uh, well, we'll give her a sec here. Let me uh, okay. pause this. That was okay. weird. Sort of. You're a yeah. little robot-y, but it, I think it's just... It's yeah, your connection was like, you had the perfect audio there for the longest time, and then suddenly, boop, and you were, we couldn't hear you at all. 
That's it's because I came to my house and clearly my house sucks. Oh, oh you were you driving. Came to your house and it switched from the cellular network to your Wi-Fi because oh, it found it was in range. That's why. that always screws things up. Yeah, oh, that's lame. Yeah, that's. Do that, I sound like, okay? Because I you sound just fine. Yeah, you sound fine. <laughs> you sound good. No, <laughs> no stress. I don't remember where the hell we were. Where were we? I do. I do. Okay. okay. I was telling my story, and you were we were just coming back from my story. Yeah, Brian has some great ideas here. He has some great ideas. Um, mm. Good homework. Good work. Um, I mean, if you think about what, what it is that this person is missing and needing, and that's really important thing is to sort of stop and take a minute because you're panicking, right? You're like, we need somewhere to live. Mm -hmm. The market's crazy. There's a pandemic. This democracy is over next week. I mean, it's a, it's a stressful time. Um, and I think is to sit down and like, what do you want? What do you need? What will make you feel good? And like Brian had mentioned, there is some, there is absolutely some value in documenting the state, the stage that it's ending, and uh, as well as grieving that, like actively being allowing yourself to be really sad, because being sad and letting go of something doesn't mean it's right or wrong to stay or go. That's not the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, it shouldn't make the decision. There's many people who've never moved out of a space in their life physically or psychologically or emotionally because they, they refuse to grieve. Is, so the, is it stuck. because they're afraid if you start grieving and never stop? Is that the fear? Is that the worry? I, I think that can be there. I think it also is, I think people feel silly sometimes. Like I'm crying over a house that, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's, it's sure. not as common for, we we're all good if you had a funeral and someone died, but I think there's a bit of self like, I mean, this is silly. Like he even said, this is silly. People have real problems, you know? Like I think he downplays what he feels. And that's that's maybe part of the problem here is anxiety sort of takes over when he's not feeling confident about how he's feeling. He's not connecting to how he's feeling or what he needs, right? So that's really what this is about in the end. It is just as serious as any other subject um, because what how you respond to ignoring what you need and want and, you know, kind of back to the self-care thing of like, what does it actually look like to take care of himself in this circumstance? He, he feels like he's got to take care of the kid, take care of the wife, make sure everyone's good. House buying, all the crazy stuff that that entails. It's really hard to stop and go, huh, what do I feel? What do I need? Mm-hmm. You know, and it may be a very quick, simple version of grieving. You take some pictures, you have a little... You bury something in the corner of the. <laughs> you leave it your little mark somewhere. Yeah. 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 And recognize that the next pee on place, the sidewalk. <laughs> exactly. Do something. Well, and Brian, you, you bring up a really good point. The next place, instead of trying to find the perfect house in the perfect neighborhood or some, something that will assuage the uh, anxiety or some of these feelings is to just acknowledge those feelings and see what they want you to do. Like, what, are, mm. what is that about? And it might be that you can really soothe some of that by figuring out the future place and what you want in it. So not so much about the color or the design or whatever, and more about what you want it to feel like, what you want your kids to experience there. How do you want your marriage there? How do you Mm -hmm. want one day you could have a party again or something? Do you want to make sure there's people in and out of your house? Do you want something fun about it right like yeah think about those things that are non-tangible and then just you got to look for house and get a sense 
check your gut. If your gut is, you're telling it like, Hey, I trust you. and You know what I want. Um, then trust it. Just like Brian, you trusted it at the car dealership. Like you just knew <laughs> not for us. Yeah, we did. Boy. Yeah. But sometimes it's hard to, when there are other voices involved, it's like, cause you got you that angry I'm dude, asking. right? That you got this guy that's like all mad that the deal didn't go through. That's you yeah. could translate that to a mother-in-law or a, or a, some other family sure. member having a problem with what your choices are, and 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 there is a tendency for some of us to just not want the flack and the heat, so we just want to, well, okay, right? We'll or you second guess it. yourself and say, wow, are they are they yelling at me because I'm making a really big mistake right now? Are they, you know, is this a really good deal and we're we're blowing it? Right. Um, right. Or is my mother-in-law right about me all this time? <laughs> <laughs> You have to start questioning all those things. You never know. <laughs> well, and this is why maybe everybody needs, uh, I mean, I, th- I think, th- I mean, I don't want to give away how uh, car dealers make money um, or how people sell crap, but they do it. Undercoat. The undercoat is <laughs> undercoating. Yeah. Always get the undercoat. <laughs> right. But if you think about like the, like the trickery to some extent is using this against people, which is like, for a limited time, there's only five left. So mm-hmm. they create scarcity and rush. Yeah. And there's a reason why do they want you to rush? Because you're going to make a, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to lose. Mm-hmm. I don't want to decision. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a rule in our house that, if anyone is hurrying you, the answer is a hundred percent. No, like, Nope, Nope. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happens is I'll tell you what people will, they, that is not, you know, they'll still sell you something. They'll still do the thing. It's not a rush. I promise. Yeah. They just do that because they're going to get a better deal off of you. So, but think about that for a minute. He, he's feeling this himself. Like you got to, Hurry and make this better. Hurry and make mm-hmm. us feel mm-hmm. like we are. He's giving sick. him his own. He's rushing himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's trying yeah. to sell himself his own car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I don't know, man. I just, I, there's, there's something about his story that's ringing a bell for me and I can't shake it. And I don't know what it is. Is this feeling of like, Oh, I don't know what it is. It's uh, there's something in my life that's like this. It's not a move thing though. It's something else where I just uh maybe it's maybe it's um you know what it is for me. It's it's me fighting time with things that don't actually change time. Right. Like time's moving too fast. I have so much I want to still accomplish and do. So I'm going to just overwhelm myself with 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 projects and 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 things that I think are going to work. Because I used to have this idea if you spin enough plates that, you know, the one, the plates that are going to work out will work out because you're just spinning so many plates. But I'm starting yeah. to wonder if that was actually just me trying to talk myself into, you know, overwhelming myself. And it's never going to truly answer the question, which is, you know, did I get whatever the goal is I wanted? I don't know if that, if that makes sense. But yeah. there's like a, I yeah. think everyone's I mean, got some form of, of this, right? Like this isn't a parenthood. Yeah. No, Sorry, think about that with parenthood. Parenthood is the place where this, I mean, this, if you have it before parenthood, oh boy, you add a child and suddenly you're like, they're changing their needs. What do they want? And I, I have watched this over and over again. And, and you could say this is absurdly selfish on my part, but I am absolutely convinced that if the parents are happy, the kids are happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because, I, you know, de- decent parents, of course, are going to make sure their kids are okay. But if you're miserable because you live in this place because you want that kid to go to that school, to have a pretend future that you've created as the answer 
and you're you're dying inside. Yeah. Well, now they have you know a shell of a parent, and I don't think that school's going to save them. You know, and and yeah. I don't know. I'm not yeah. making sense, but that idea of like, it this two year old is going to be just fine yeah. if you and your wife are fine. Yeah. So stop worrying about that kid. A two years old. That's the best time to move. That's the best time to do anything because he is not going to remember don't, one damn thing care. about it. Yeah. Right. Care. Twelve gets a little tougher, but. But it does. It ignites this part, this part of us that is like, I want to optimize life so that everyone's good and safe. It comes from a very good place and a, a, a need that is, you know, protective and wonderful. And we don't want that to go anywhere. We just need to channel it so it doesn't cause him to freeze. Right. And every, um, I, it's funny how much anxiety I feel for him about stuff that doesn't sound like bothers him in this scenario. He's he's fine moving around. He's just not finding the satisfaction where he ends up. I'm all I'm thinking of is how many hours are you in your freaking loan officer's <laughs> office, and how many times did you have to sign an initial things, and also oh. how many trucks trips did it take to move the shit from one thing to the other? Like that to me is so overwhelming about everything about his story right. that I just. I need to mourn my reaction to this. <laughs> you need some grieving time here. Yeah. That just yeah. sounds horrible. Oh my gosh. And just, and just to on a, you know, get in there and go, ah, I don't know if I, this is it. Maybe we need to move back or we need to like that, that kind of talk would just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Yeah. Do so, so this Brad, you need to know you're better than Scott. And then number two, <laughs> you, I think I, I want to say one thing about his wife, because I think it's, it's, it's really tricky, especially, I don't know how newly they are together, but they're new to parenthood and, you know, working together on, on these challenges are, this is tough. This makes or breaks people. Um, and so to be really cautious and careful uh, around that. So rather than holding all your thoughts and feelings inside and hoping you're just going to make it easy for her or better for her or fix whatever you think you've broken, you know, really talk to her, tell her what mm-hmm. this has been like for you and and she doesn't have to solve it you can just like process it like what is this about um for you and then what can you both do together um so that she's feeling good and that you're feeling good and and this is like why you why you're in a team so often i have to remind couples like you're in a team we are not not on a team we're on a team and the team needs like you got to ground that ball while that person you know catches it on first base there's my baseball analogy um like there's no such thing of as doing it without the other well and so like how does that look and sometimes it's going to vary who's who's feeling better than others on different days and that's true for parenting so to to be gentle with that part of this um because it really can take a toll on couples and you know getting each other on the same page and going through some stressful stuff but i do have one suggestion that is going back to this story thing okay of this is the cool thing about being a human is that we make up stories and often they just happen. So we think that's true. Well, guess what else we can do? We can like change that whole story. (laughs) We, we can rewrite the whole thing and also believe it. It's amazing. So for example, you right now, the story is something because you're facing it and it's feels scary. Right now, just sit down and imagine it's all over. Right. Like what, elements about this are kind of funny or what elements about this could potentially lead to really cool things like you're just shifting the way you're framing this from um problematic desperate 
concerning failure, whatever, however you're framing it. And just like back up a little bit and decide like, all right, I'm putting on some different glasses and I'm going to look at this slightly from a different angle and, and try to see what you can come up with. Um, this is much easier when you get older because you have a lot of those retrospective uh, capacities on stories you, you previously had to see what they actually became. And so often it's never, never like the story you've told yourself, <laughs> right? Yeah. You can force that story down its throat and make that your life, or you can maybe create a little more flexibility in how you're going to identify things. Um, and, and find the humor, find the irony, find that, you know, later you go, wow, that's the best thing that ever happened because you now can see further along. But the idea is to hold it a little less tightly right now that you know what this all is. And, and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, no, but you do think that it's terrible or you do think this is bad or you do, you know, some of that anxiety kind of language, you know, like loosen the grip on that. It, it's not right, probably. Um, and you don't know either way. So again, it's like a safety blanket, but you just kind of loosen the grip a little bit. and like, yeah. okay, maybe there's some differences here. So like Brian, you for years later, you and Tina can laugh about that car. We right? totally do. That's the one, that is the good thing that we can, uh, that, that we can, uh, the joy that we can <laughs> bring from that experience. Yeah. yeah. But we had to get, well, I was going to say, we had to get pretty far away from it to appreciate that, but really it was on the drive home. We appreciate We started laughing about it. Yeah. We were imitating that guy the whole drive home. <laughs> yeah, I see? can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, this is, <clears throat> this is good stuff. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I don't know why I'm relating to this thing so much. Cause I don't, I don't feel the need to move, but just talking about moving gives me the willies. There's something, <laughs> there's something here I haven't dealt with. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just really bugging Yeah. Me. And there's something I need to deal with. Cause I'm like, I want to move. Where's what, what ideas where I gotta, I love to pack it up. <laughs> Denver. Denver's, Denver's a great idea. If you want, you, you know want what? the, uh, you want the, you want the snow of uh, Minnesota, but maybe not everything else that goes with it. Maybe, maybe you don't want it to last from uh, yeah, October so until cold. April. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. No, yeah. it's funny. I have a friend who's moving from here to Colorado and she is like devastated. She's lived here her whole life. And that's part oh, of wow. my challenge is I always live by people like that are not like me like this. They mm -hmm. think I'm a weirdo. Yeah. And I'm like, where are these people? And you know where they are. They're all expats working for the UN. That's, yeah. that's who it is. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my people. You're all working for the, you're working for the government the or State something. Department. Yeah. You need to work for the oh. state department. I have a neighbor who yeah, just did that. Get out every three years. I know it's weird. And so maybe I have issues, Scott. So take that. We have similarish childhoods. We yep. have some genetic similarities <laughs> and we have very different responses to this. Oh, completely different. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm more like, Hey, make a good investment. Put your roots in the grounds cultivate it make it rad be a being a pillar of your little community and just don't go anywhere <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah and mine is move in a place and be the nuisance in the neighborhood and then get out and then get <laughs> out right yeah. drop a drop a turd on the <laughs> It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe the party. The fact that we sprang from the same loins is sometimes so interesting to me because I we are very different yeah very opposite uh yeah. Yeah. You have anxiety. I don't. That's yep. the thing that's strange to me. It's like I genuinely can't even conjure it. Except I have to be honest. This week I'm feeling a little something. Yeah. That is yeah. Everybody maybe is what now. you people would call anxiety. You people. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> now I know what it's like to be you people. Yeah. yeah you you people. people. It's hard. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a weird week. Um, well, I uh, I wish you well during this week and hope that uh, yeah, you too. Things you guys too. things go everyone's way, whatever those ways may be. Uh, let's uh, end it with a reminder about realsteps.org. Signups are always happening. And um, I saw I got an email from you and the organization <laughs> that's had the headline. Um, the um, final countdown. Yeah, the final countdown. And then you yes. went on to do a do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> Which yeah. is amazing. So we do, do have something. Do you know how long I had to Google to, and sing it to make sure it was accurate? And right, I still right. Don't Doing think the it is. Still done. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. I, right. I love that you went through all that trouble. That's fantastic I know, to it's hear. Embarrassing. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it's because it is the final countdown. We start uh, Monday officially, but the last day to sign up is Sunday. So this Sunday, I will send one more email. I promise that will be it, everyone. Um, but we'd love to have you. We already have a good group going, so it's exciting. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a good Thanksgiving month together. It's gonna nice. Be great. Go so check it out. That's realsteps.org. Did he get his braces out or do we not know yet? He did not. He came out and I said smile and it I I had to like stop myself from <laughs> making a bad noise because he got black rubber bands and it looks so bad. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. He looks terrible. A Halloween face when you get those. I know. Yeah. And you know what he said? He goes, doesn't matter. Wear a mask. Uh, <laughs> nice. is it gonna... is the time. Let's, let's be clear on one silver lining. It is the time to be a zitty brace face teenager. Mm-hmm. Cause you are not showing anybody, any of it. <laughs> like you are just masked up. You're as handsome as your eyes nice. are. Exactly. Lucky. Unless you got zit covered eyes. You're good. You're golden. Yeah, I know. You don't want that. Uh, all right. Well, tell him congratulations on more time with his braces. And uh, we will catch you next time right here on okay. Therapy Thursday. We'll see you later. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye now. Okay. My sister. What a goofball. Very good. All right. Uh, there you go. That was good stuff. Hopefully some of you also got peripheral help out of our discussion. Let us know if you did. You can send us emails and questions about Therapy Thursday at themorningstream at gmail.com. Okay. Okay, well, Scott. It's the last show that we'll have before Halloween, except for our play date, which is happening uh, Saturday, 9 a.m. That'll be on the 31st, right there on the Halloween day. And we're going to play Jackbox uh, 7, which just came out. Yeah. With, uh, you, the listeners. And so all of you are encouraged to show up and be there. Uh, patrons get in first and for in, in terms of uh, participation, but there's always there ends up being games where everybody can get in. So absolutely, yeah, come on by and yep. check it out. Uh, that'll be this Saturday. That means no PM edition of the show on Friday because that's what we do with, uh, once a month as we swap those mm-hmm. two. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/tms is where all the details for how to be a patron is. Go check it out. And for everything else, Frogpants.com/slash/tms. We shall now leave with a song, and Brian probably came prepared. I did, believe it or not. By the way, I meant to say this earlier. Probably should have said in the beginning of the show, but uh, uh, Gidget normally would be here today giving us trivial things. Mm. Um, she couldn't make it today because she's interviewing uh, Randall Kleiser, who is the director of the film Grease, which I dragged my dad to see in theaters probably six or seven times because I had a big crush on Olivia Newton-John. Still oh, do. I was really Still hoping do. you were going to say What's his name? Not Olivia Newton. John, John Travolta. John Travolta. Yeah, I had a huge yeah, yeah. crush on John Travolta in my. Not dad. with that. Not with that chin. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> have you learned nothing from me? That's true. Anyway, that's a good point. So, uh, so she's doing that interview. She's going to edit it down and have it up on the feed. Uh, so check that out. But she'll be back here next week. Excellent. All right. Excellent. Jason wrote in and said, "Hi, Spooky and Boo." It's that time of year again, Halloween. Ooh. I'd like to request a cover of This is Halloween from the Nightmare Before Christmas, covered by a band called Ad Infinitum. 
Uh, if you could play at any time on or around uh, before October 31st, that would be awesome. Love the show, though. I can definitely see why you like it. I don't like bees and all the other memes. Signed, Jason. Free Rangers in the chat. I'll give them two. I can definitely see why you like it. I don't like bees. There you go. You get a twofer okay. there. But. I want the I want the new mashup to be, I can definitely see why I don't like, like bees. That would roll together real good, wouldn't it? It would roll together really well, all yes. Right. We'll try all right. it. Uh, let's get to it. This is from their album, Chapter One, Monarchy, which was uh, just released this year. Um, it borrows a lot more from the Marilyn Manson cover of This Is Halloween than the Danny Elfman uh, original, but it's mm. still really, really good. And it goes in, it goes in some uh, weird places with the female vocalist, which I really, really like. Here is Ad Infinitum and their cover of This Is Halloween. Fantastic. Thanks, you guys, for listening. We will be back on Saturday for that. And then, of course, Monday. Uh, and then Tuesday's a crazy day. <laughs> <laughs> so prepare yourselves. We'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that when we get there. We'll see you then.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. It looked like butt.